probably get recording our okay. own show today. Yeah, I guess so. I was going to ask what's going on with you. Everything good? Yeah, yeah, everything's oh, good. 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 <laughs> All right. Should we get going? Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 7, The Doll. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Acupuncturist. Uh, we saw Pete from 30 Rock, who plays Larry's estate lawyer in the episode. And I wanted to know where he was. First of all, what's his real name? And also, because I couldn't think of it. Uh, I don't know if I ever would have when I when I eventually saw it, but it certainly looked familiar. And where was he kind of in his career during this time? Uh, his name is Scott Adsit. And he is an American actor, comedian, and writer, born and raised in the Chicago suburbs. He joined the main stage cast of Chicago's Second City in 1994, and also in the same area uh, of years, hanging around at that time, where Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch, and Adam McKay were Ooh. all yeah, uh, Second City members around that time. In 98, Adsit moved to L.A. after an invitation from his college friend, Dino Stamatopoulos, a.k.a. Starburns. Mm. Yeah. I knew they were tight because... Starburns, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, created Moral Oral together on Adult Swim. Oh, That's okay, the show okay. That they did, yeah. So, yeah, once he moved out to L.A. with Dino, they started working on a pilot back in 98. Get this, about the backstage antics of a television sketch comedy variety show, which sounds a lot like 30 <laughs> Rock, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it does. The, the pilot did not materialize as a show, but Scott stayed in California and started working in bit parts and commercials. He had kind of sizable roles uh, hanging out with the dudes from Mr. Show and Tenacious D, their HBO shows, and a lot of focus on the stage uh, up until... You know, 30 Rock really hit in, oh, five, uh, when was that? I don't know when uh, 30 Rock was on. But uh, so he did a lot of like onstage improv work and stuff besides the work on Mr. Show and Tenacious D. But before Curb, he was also in some films like Run, Ronnie, Run, which is the Mr. Show movie. Melvin Goes to Dinner, which I think has come up before because it's a, it's a one of those movies that I caught on HBO like really late at night. And those were always kind of a crapshoot. But this one, you know, I, I it turned out pretty well i really liked it it's about these two couples that meet each other out at dinner and the story that unfolds just in this restaurant it was pretty cool it's very like indie filmmaking in that way and pam from the office is has like a bit part in it and somebody oh i think bob odenkirk has a bit part or something huh. um yeah but but he was already he, he was like one of the guys that helped him get it made or something like that he might have even written or directed it now that i'm thinking about it um i want to say that's why i started watching it because i saw it was directed by bob odenkirk and he did uh, TV shows like Early Edition, Two Guys, A Girl in a Pizza Place, uh, Felicity, and Malcolm in the Middle. He's on an episode of Malcolm in the Middle before he did Curb. And of course, then seven seasons of 30 Rock. So just kind of, as, as I kind of mentioned, just a working actor, happy to be on a, uh, a show where he could flex his improv chops, having been on uh, you know, the, the main stage there just a couple years since moving out to L.A., from 05 to 08, I, I did mention Moral Oral already. That's how long Moral Oral ran. Oh, he created that with Dino Stamatopoulos and Mr. Show cast member slash insurrectionist Jay Johnston. Yes, don't forget that. Oh, uh, no. Of, yeah. Don't forget that one of the cast members for Mr. Show, of all things, went on to storm the Capitol. Uh, mm. Just one of the craziest stories to come out of that whole thing. He also co-created and did The Heart She Holler. And Frankenhole. Oh, okay. He has something to do with both of those as well. And he was also on Veep, and he's the voice of Baymax. Wait, we're talking about Jay Johnston? 
No, no, no. This is Scott Adson. Oh, oh yeah. okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I can't ever watch Big no. Hero 6 again. <laughs> no, no. No, Baymax is... But I, So okay, I found that really weird. I was like, wow, I never would have suspected that Scott Adson is the guy that is like, hello, I am Baymax. Like, it just doesn't sound like him. <laughs> I don't know who I thought it was. I, I guess I just didn't think it was a famous person. <laughs> I don't know. But there we go. And that's uh, notable because there's a new Baymax uh, series of shorts or something on Disney+. Plus. So there we go. A little bit about Scott Adsit. Uh, happy to be working on Curb, I'm sure, during that time in his life, just a couple years after moving out to L.A. So what about Casual Friday? That's everyone's big problem with uh, Pete from 30 Rock in the show. He's dressed too casually to do business as a lawyer. Casual Friday, I found out, does have a bit of a backstory. It originated from Hawaii's mid-century custom of Aloha Friday. In 1962, (laughs) the Hawaiian Fashion Guild started to promote those Hawaiian shirts and clothing for use in the workplace, particularly as business attire. The campaign was called Operation Liberation, and they gave two Aloha shirts to every member of the Hawaii House of Representatives and the Hawaii Senate. And then the Senate easily bribed there in Hawaii. They passed a resolution recommending letting the male populace return to Aloha attire during the summer months for the sake of comfort and in support of the 50th state's garment industry. So it all started as a ad campaign to sell Hawaiian shirts. This whole this whole no casual way. Friday can date back to, yeah, the 60s, where they were like, hey, let the dudes like, you know, loosen up a little bit in the summer, wear some short sleeves and bright floral colors and uh and maybe we'll sell some of these shirts and i i guess they did because a couple years later in 65 the president of the hawaii fashion guild led the organization in a campaign lobbying for aloha friday a day employers would allow men to wear aloha shirts on the last business day of the week for just a few months out of the year so this resolution passed saying hey let let's wear some aloha attire during the summer and then all year long, they were like, hey, how about every Friday? And just for a few months out of the year, just for a few <laughs> months out of the year. But Aloha Friday officially began in 1966, and young adults of the 60s embraced the style. By 1970, Aloha wear had gained acceptance in Hawaii as business attire for any day of the week, even in some courtrooms. And uh, so lawyers, there you go. Uh, that practice continues to this day. And now Aloha Friday just refers to the last day of the work week. It's kind of like the Hawaiian equivalent of TGIF from what I could gather. And so Aloha Mm. Friday slowly spread from Hawaii to California, continuing around the globe until the 90s when it became known as Casual Friday. I guess when we branched out from the Hawaiian shirts, I guess some guy was like, I don't want to wear a Hawaiian shirt, but I'm going to see if I can sneak this polo by everybody mm. and just see. Yeah, they should. Yeah. They should uh they should go to a car dealer on a on a Saturday I and know. Uh, everyone be wearing a <laughs> wearing a Hawaiian shirt. It, uh, yeah, Hawaiian shirt Friday is big, we know. What uh, was it? Still. Oh, it was a uh, it was Hawaiian shirt Friday and football jersey Saturday, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right cuz they were closed on God. Sunday, I think. I think. <laughs> um yeah, so uh, Aloha Friday begat Casual Friday. And it really was just the 90s. Now, they're in California, so they were the first early, you know, they were the early adopters of Aloha Friday slash Casual Friday. So really, people like Larry and Ed Asner should have been comfortable by it, uh, you know, comfortable with it by the early 2000s as it is now. But it's still maybe only a 10-year tradition, which is not very long as far as business yeah. traditions go. So maybe that's... I have always thought yeah. it was a thing, you know? I know. Same here. Yeah. Yeah, at least like from the 80s, I would say, like the latest. 
Like, oh, yeah, probably Casual Friday popped up in the 80s, you know? I mean, I, I could see it being a thing in the 70s. Everyone was, like, so much more loose in the 70s, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, I mean, like, the, the latest it might have popped up. Like, oh, well, yeah. Everyone gotcha. had heard of it by the 80s. But, no, it was, like, yeah. the 90s when it when it became known as, as Casual Friday. So, that's why old-timers like Ed Asner and, and uh, Larry David are still having some trouble with it. Ten years behind the times. So, uh, that's all the uh, stuff we had for homework. Let us now consult the book please rise and in this episode larry's estate lawyer is named joel reynolds oh that's pete from 30 rock i could have used his real name i forgot we got <laughs> pretty much the whole thing joel reynolds after a real life lawyer for the natural resources defense council where david's wife Lori works so larry david's real wife Lori works for the nrdc which i didn't even think to look up whether it was real i i, I mean oh I, man i know i i'd never heard of it before i i thought it might have been something they made up for the show, but no, it's real. Um, and so Joel Reynolds is an actual lawyer for them. So how about that? I don't think Larry David and Lori are married anymore, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, this isn't. This book only goes up to season six, I think we d- uh, found out. Uh, in real life, Larry David's neck pain problems were once so bad that he couldn't look up. He went to see Dr. John Sarno, who told him he was holding tension in his muscles. I went to two lectures, and on the way home in my cab, my neck started to feel better. Once I found out, that there was nothing actually wrong with me, I was so relieved that all the tension went away. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever, ever heard anything more neurotic than that. <laughs> like, all someone had to do was tell him, like, oh, you're you're just a little too tense. Like, oh, ah, oh, what do you know? It was. <laughs> How about that? Uh, and what were they thinking? So we have a quote here from Koji Katoaka, who played the waiter in this episode. The angry waiter who, who declares vendetta against Larry David for some reason. He said, Ed Asner was a good sport. I had to nail him in the face with a glass of water about 10 times in a row, and he took it every time. <laughs> That's pretty God, awesome. That would be, that'd be a nightmare <laughs> for continuity. Are you kidding me? Like, I, just yeah. watching, like, how the water's going to splatter on him? Yeah, and then change your suit every single time. Like, all right, yeah. Mr. Asner, here's your suit again. You know, there's another new suit for you in the trailer. Go ahead and... And change, and we'll take that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. E- each one of those shots is a minimum half hour reset. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So good for, uh, but uh, you know, we were just talking about it last week. Like Ed Asner, he's been in TV a long time. He knows how this works. Yeah. No problem. I'm a workhorse. That's me. So that's it. That's it from the book. All, all there is is one little bit of the script of Larry and Dr. Moriyama discussing the terms of their agreement about the bet at the very beginning. Uh, and I did have one of my favorite lines, by the way, that I didn't mention last week when Larry says um, that, oh, you, you know, what are you saying? You're saying that I wouldn't tell you that I'm better just so I wouldn't have to pay. That's ridiculous. I'm a man of honor. And the doctor says, it's a family tradition, honor. And Larry goes, well, it's not in my family, but I'm trying to break the mold. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, good line. Uh, okay, that's it. All right. Uh, do we have anything that we need to go over for news or anything? I don't think so as far as official news goes but i do have to mention the other thing i got for my birthday was the seinfeld lego set yes Uh, as always i mean now that we're now that we're in a a model of show where you may not hear this for for two weeks uh upon us recording it uh if there's any like breaking news check us out on twitter at no hugging that's where we're going to be putting everything like as it happens you know that's where that's where tim's showing off his his cool lego set and I'm sure yes. you'll be uh, maybe posting some photos of uh, of the process of building it. Have you have yeah. you dug into it yet? 
No, I haven't. My kids cannot wait. My kids love Legos. And Hell so they're yeah, like, oh, dude. let's build this. And I was like, you don't even know what this is, okay? You have to the- watch all nine seasons before. <laughs> yeah. The thing that sucks, though, is like you can't you can't start a Lego set from like four separate points and join them together. Uh, unless this one, maybe you can. Maybe you can like, oh, yeah, Declan, here's here's the kitchen. Colleen, here's, here's the living room or something. It's all like, okay, very linear. You do this, then you do this, then you do this. It's just they, one person, one step yeah. all the way through. They are kind of separated into bags. Like, all right, we'll start with bag number one. Open bag number one and put that together. And then open bag number two and put that together. So it kind okay. of is. You can you kind of can start and stop. And there's good breaking points and stuff like that. But also, I, I, I want to do it all myself. Like, I don't want them to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine. I know it looks like a toy, but it's not. Well, I mean, speaking of, like, Seinfeld uh, merchandise, I still have yet to finish that puzzle. Oh. <laughs> It, it's in a tray. It's on a cookie tray in our living room. And I just have I not time. touched it time. probably since like four months, four months ago. Yeah, I should it's probably It's not that big, that, right? is it? No, it's just, it's very hard, you know? Like oh, I, I wow. got like, I got all of the identifiable pieces and now it's just all like black jacket or black oh, jacket. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. And some of those like, I don't know if it's one of those cheap puzzles where several pieces can go together you know what have you ever had one of those where you're like well, this fits yeah. and it's seamless and then you realize later like oh no it wasn't this is it, just a cheap ass puzzle it is it is one of those but <laughs> it makes it more challenging yeah really yeah because it has to fit I, like super precise instead of just yeah, like oh yeah I, that works it's very very close but it's not precise yeah, yeah i don't yeah. think i can defend it not being a cheap ass puzzle since i paid three dollars <laughs> for it okay yeah i didn't know i didn't know how how much it was okay well if you have never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite the last 29 minutes uh being exclusively bullshit a lot of that is going to get cut out some of it's going to get put on patreon i'll talk about that in just a second if you like what you hear please give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcasts uh or spotify and if you would like a free no hugging no learning sticker uh just send us a screen cap of your rating and your review we'll get that to you however you want um, just send us your mailing address, either send us it to us in our, in our email, or you can just DM us, uh, DM or, uh, on Twitter. It's at no hugging email is no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. That's also where you can send your lost in the mail queries. Uh, we'll normally answer those at the end of the show. If you'd like to support us monetarily, this is where I'm going to talk about Patreon for a second. Five bucks a month gets you every single episode one week early. It's also going to get you movie reviews every month. Two movie reviews normally. Uh, Some months we'll do one, uh, but we normally do two movie reviews every month. I know our our last June review just went up, and I put it up on July 2nd, so... (laughs) It, uh, it it took me a bit to uh, to edit that because yeah. edit that because I just had to uh, bump us up quite a bit. Grace uh, is very quiet on the mic. Did you mention what episode that was? I think you just said we it was our second June episode. I think you mentioned oh yeah what it was. oh yeah the second episode for June technically that went up on July second. We reviewed heavyweights, talking about all the daddies. We had our Father's <laughs> Day episode with Problem Child two, and we wanted to have a daddies episode <laughs> with heavyweights. But there are fathers in the episode, too. There's a junior and a senior. Yeah, there there definitely are fathers, but 
<laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think any time during the record we actually made mention of, oh, yeah, this movie's no. going to be all about the daddies. We didn't. We totally forgot it was a Father's <laughs> Day special, but <laughs> but it is. Yeah, but uh, it uh, it ended up being a, a really fun, really fun review. Um, that is over at patreon.com slash nohugging, where, like I said, five bucks a month gets you access to all of that all that being said, Season 2, Episode 7, The Doll. Original air date, November 4th, 2001. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see the daughter of a TV exec gets Larry to cut the hair off her beloved doll and then throws a fit. Hmm. It's not horrible, but we'll see if we can make it better at the end. We open at the ABC building in L.A., and Larry is there with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Jeff and Julia's agent. And they are pitching the show that they want to do. They've pitched uh, – they can't do NBC. And uh, the HBO deal is gone. So now they're offering the show about the uh, actress who can't get work because of her previous jobs at ABC. And they love it. I recognize this male executive. I can, like, picture him delivering yeah. lines – yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to write that down right away because I know I've seen him in... Oh, Tommy Boy is definitely one thing he's in. It just hit me. Yeah, so he plays like one of Big Tom's like uh, uh, main dudes at oh Callahan Auto Parts. <laughs> um, and, and so he's... But I know I've seen him other places. Again, just one of these character actors that will we'll run through his ovure uh, next week and find out his name and all that good stuff. But I definitely recognized him. Uh, Larry, meanwhile, is uh, they they love the idea. Larry's dehydrated. He's drinking uh, a ton of bottled water throughout this whole episode, but starting here in this office. And Jason Alexander is going to be working with ABC as well in this new show about a motivational speaker, which we know is real. That's Bob Patterson. And that's the reason that Jason is not actually doing the show. I love how that this this imaginary universe of Curb Your Enthusiasm, they acknowledge things like that in the real universe like oh well jason's already working with us how cool i I just think that's that's really neat that it they took the actual actual show he was doing and brought it into the universe like oh yeah jason's here too and and larry is like well where where'd you guys meet about that how how many times did you meet like well we had uh we met here every time four meetings (laughs) and larry is like still hung up on that which i thought was a great callback the dude also just says and i didn't think this is how pitches work but he goes green light i didn't think anybody actually said you know, it's like I thought that was just something Deadline wrote, like, "Oh, it's been it's been greenlit at ABC. <laughs> it got the green light to go to series." I didn't think anybody actually in the meeting would go green light. I'm like, wait, don't we have to sign something, or should there be lawyers present? Like, you can't just say green light, can you? Yeah, I I <laughs> I think this is like the dummies version of <laughs> yeah. of like pitching a TV show. Like, if yeah. you walk in and you're pitching a TV show and you expect someone to say green light, <laughs> then they're just probably gonna laugh you out of the building. I would have bet, right? Yeah, I would. I would love, but I, I would insist. I was like, I gotta hear you say. Can you please? I, I know we shook on it, and you say we have it, but I really need to hear the the. You know what I need to hear to make it official. You have to. Say and then like the <laughs> the TV exec is just gonna say, "What do you think? I'm the giant doll from Squid Game? Just green light." <laughs> I would love. I mean, that's how pitches should be. Like. Um, you know, you, you give the pitch and, and all you hear from either an exec or a, a robot is green light or red light. And then if it's a red light, you better fucking run yeah. because you're about to get gunned down. Yes. Yeah. You get murdered. You get one shot. <laughs> uh, and so in, in celebration of this new deal, they are invited to a screening 
of a Harriet Beecher Stowe miniseries that ABC is doing. And Julia lies immediately to get out of it, which is which was hilarious. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. My kid has pink eye. Don't worry, it's not contagious. Which, by the way, it, it one million percent is. Like, it I don't definitely think anybody, is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would so and Larry like stares at her because he knows that she has lied to get out of something nobody wants to go to. But he's stuck. He's stuck going. And I, I appreciated his question on the way out, where he's like. Uh, what's the difference between Harriet Beecher Stowe and Harriet Tubman? <laughs> it's like, obviously, they're two different people, but I I think a better question would have been like, who's Harriet Beecher Stowe? Because that's what I would have asked. Do you know who that is? I really don't. Me I know either. it's a person in history. I'm just unfamiliar. Yeah. All right. I'm going to write it down for next week. We won't do a huge dive on her, but we just want to know why she's famous and what is the difference between her and Harriet Tubman? <laughs> what's the difference? So later... Je- uh, at the screening back at the ABC building, Jeff is avoiding Susie, who is there because her friend is an art director on the miniseries. Larry has to finish his water. He tries going into the theater with his bottle of water. He's hydrating on doctor's orders. And a woman standing there tells him there's no food or drink uh, allowed. You have to finish it somewhere else. You have to go outside and finish it. You can't bring it in. And inside the theater then, after he, I guess, downs the whole bottle of water, Either sees, downs it or throws it away. We don't really yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, He sees the woman who told him to get rid of the water just sitting in the theater like a regular person. And she doesn't even work there. He like gets her attention. And he's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? You don't even work here. She's like, those are the rules. I'm telling you to follow the rules. He's like, what do you care? What is it to you? <laughs> like, definitely everybody's got to be on Larry's side here, right? Like, this, yeah, my he's trying God. to explain to this lady what a snitch is. Like, and he's, he's totally right about the kind of person like, as the lights are going down and it's starting up, he's still like, they start, they, they argue back and forth. And he's like, he's like the golden rule supersedes any other rules. Like, you know, that's the rule I was asking you to follow. He's like, Oh, well, we have homework. Don't forget our homework and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just, just a really annoying person. And, and I can't believe this, this is the same kind of person that would say, please wait until my food gets here before anybody else at the table can start. It's that kind of weird social <laughs> faux pas like, that I love that Larry can pinpoint in society and, and bring to the screen like this. You know, I was like, what? You don't even work here. What are you doing telling people the rule? What do you care? Uh, over at Lane's house, that's the exec, Lane Michelson. Uh, there's an after party for the uh, miniseries there, and Larry is explaining to Jeff what exactly you know this woman did and the woman is explaining and pointing at larry to lane's wife and by the way is this rita wilson it was definitely rita wilson right oh my god i don't know i think it was was it maybe not but if not it's it looks uh, a lot like her uh, i don't know what oh, i guess i could look up ann michelson it was holy shit okay i thought so something looked a little off but, you know, I was like, that it's got to be, but it didn't look completely like her. I don't know. Maybe she had, she, she looks a little thin, I guess, is what I, what I was thinking. I was like, it looks a little thin to be um, Rita Wilson, but it totally was. How about that? Uh, Larry has an extreme reaction to a frozen margarita, which was an odd thing to put in for almost, I guess it gets <laughs> Anne to come over to him, but it was weird <laughs> like that they wrote that in. Larry uh, has to go to the bathroom and the bathroom is like a long hallway type one and there's no lock and Larry experiments, but there is no way to hold the door 
and use the bathroom at the same time. He tries with his foot. I would have done the exact same thing. I was like, can I? I was even looking around. This gave me such anxiety. I was like, what would I do? Okay, I'd grab that. I'd maybe try to move that bookcase over to in front oh of the God. door. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm surprised no one no one came up with the idea. Okay, hold the door shut with your foot, piss in the sink. He 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 considers that. And he, he definitely would have made it. He's right in front of the sink. But then yeah. he just he he gets the idea of like, mm, I really shouldn't, which is very uncharacteristic of Larry. Anything that is convenient for him, he does. Yeah. Uh, that that's true. I, I agree. He, do, he doesn't even, take anybody else's feelings or, or situation in, into account. <laughs> I can't believe you would piss in the sink before moving the decorative case of you know of bathroom. I would. For, not only would I for sure, but I definitely oh have pissed in the sink whenever I need to. Oh my gosh! How do you? I mean, you can't clean that. It's like, do you clean it afterwards? I would look for. You, you run water little, down it. Get rid of the smell. Oh, no. Run a fan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Wow. Piss sink pisser Ted. We you heard it here first, everybody. Don't invite him to the party at your place. Unless the, <laughs> unless the bathroom has a lock. Unless it's I, got a lock. Which which most people have a a lock on their bathroom, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's psychotic not to. I mean, I guess Lane deserves a piss filled sink if this is the kind of bathroom he's gonna throw a party around. You know? I, I guess I, I agree with that. I'll, I'll agree with that. He should have done it just to get back at him. Like, you know what? You deserve piss. Uh, forget the sink. I'm going for the wall. Like, you deserve it <laughs> for having a bathroom with no lock. <laughs> Anywhere anybody pees. You know, I saw I saw a vase on that bookcase that I was... Uh, it's not a bookcase, but, you know, because there are no books on it. There's like a plant and a vase. And either one of those also <laughs> would have been okay. You could have leaned with your back against the door, peed in the vase, and then put the vase back on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Go in a week later, like, hmm, why are these flowers wilting? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is pee. Oh, everyone peed in this plant instead of, uh, you know, because there's no lock on the door, which is absolutely insane. So Larry gives up on that room and goes upstairs in the house to and finds uh, their daughter, the Michelson's daughter. And Larry uses her bathroom and she, he comes out and she's talking about this doll and how the hair is really long. And she starts talking about, like, oh, maybe it would look better shorter. And he, she asks Larry to give the doll a haircut. And he's like, sure, you know what? I got a Swiss Army knife right here with scissors on it. And he's he gives it a nice little bob that he is very, very proud of. And Judy, the daughter, even loves it. She loves Larry. She loves... Or Judy's not the daughter. Judy's the doll. I thought Judy was both. No, I don't think we ever oh. learned the daughter's name. Judy's just the doll. I see. Okay, when Larry asks, he probably said, what's her name and not what's your name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I thought it was both. I thought it was like an American girl thing. Like, oh, you know, I you know, I, I designed oh. the doll based on... But she didn't design it. But I thought it was maybe they got the doll. Because later on, it's like an heirloom. She's like, I had this doll since she was born. And it's Judy. And she's Judy. She doesn't say that. But that was my that was my feeling. But Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we ever learned the daughter's name. Maybe we don't. I'm going to keep calling her Judy, though. <laughs> But that's, that's gonna be, that's fine. That's gonna confuse things because the doll, yeah, the doll just, is also just, just say just say Lane's daughter. I was gonna say Judy and the doll. Uh, we'll Judy see where I <laughs> we'll see we'll see where I end up. Ju- yeah, Judy oh. and doll Judy. <laughs> DJ, <laughs> RJ and DJ, real Judy and and doll Judy. Uh, but so the daughter loves it. Whatever her name is, she's like, yes, it looks great like this. And downstairs. Larry is put in charge by Cheryl of guarding the bathroom door for her, but that's when the daughter comes down in hysterics, 
crying over the fact that Larry cut the doll's hair and it won't grow back, which the girl did not know, I guess. And this all, by the way, was discovered by the same woman that told Larry he couldn't bring water into the... So this woman's just going to be Larry's nemesis for the episode. Yeah, it, and we never learn who she is. We never learn her relationship to to Anne. We never learn her relationship to Lane. No, my my thinking is that she works for them in the house in some capacity. I, I won't even say she's necessarily a nanny because when she's at the theater, she's not with RJ. <laughs> she's not with real Judy or anything. But she is always at the house. So I'm like, she must, maybe she works. Is she like their assistant maybe? Yeah, maybe something like that. I don't know what, I don't know what rich people hire people for, what the titles might be, but something like that. And so, by the way, if that's the case, I can totally see why she was, she would tell somebody, she she would consider herself that part of her job, you know, like to tell Larry, oh, you can't bring anything into this theater that my boss runs or whatever, you know? Like, mm. I'm going to put myself in charge of this. You know, it's it's very much like the thinking behind a lot of um, radio station uh, uh, front desk receptionists. Like, maybe all receptionists are like this, but radio station receptionists especially have a, a special way of going, of deciding what they're in charge of. Like, I, I'm in charge of a lot more than just answering the phone. I, I'm in charge of everything. <laughs> like, what? No, you're not. Uh, yes, I am. If you want to change the thermostats, that's my job. No, it's... No, it, it can't be. Yes, it is. Like they just put themselves <laughs> in charge of stuff that they and and they're so close to the boss that no one's going to question it. You know, no one's going to like go like that's the conduit to the boss. I've just I've worked for uh, I've worked in buildings where where that's the case. And you're like, oh, you got you got too much power, too much power. We've got to take some of this away. But I, I could see her as a woman who's like, I'm going to take on jobs that are not necessarily my own because they're my boss's job or whatever, or they're connected to my boss. But while everyone's yelling at Larry, Lane attempts to walk into the bathroom and walks in on Cheryl. Meanwhile, we find out also that this Judy doll is out of production. I love the that Anne makes the reference to it's like a, some she references some beanie baby. It's like the Starshine beanie baby. It's out of print, OOP or out of production, whatever she says. <laughs> and I'm like, that's such a hilarious it seems like too late even in the 2000s to be talking about Beanie Babies, but uh, I guess they were still, you know, on the way up. They're still huge, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which was hilarious. And so Jeff, though, ha- comes to the rescue, and his daughter, he's like, she, he's got, she's got dolls everywhere. I think she has that Judy doll. I, I believe I've seen it there. I've heard her talking about it. I think she has the Judy doll. So we'll sneak okay. over there tomorrow and get it. Meanwhile, all this is happening and Lane bursts into the bathroom because Larry's supposed to be guarding the door with Cheryl in there and he's not. And Lane uh, sees all of Cheryl, assumedly, but Cheryl pops out of the bathroom and just gives a death (laughs) glare to Larry. And he doesn't know what's going on. He has no idea. Yeah, he does not know that happened because, yeah, she let out a huge scream, but he was getting screamed at as well. And so, yeah, at the house, Cheryl says Lane saw everything. So I'm guessing that it was when she was maybe standing up. I I don't know how Cheryl would do this, but let me tell you when I think he might've walked in. So she was wearing a dress, which I'm guessing she pulled up and pulled her underwear down. And when he walked in, she was like standing up right as the underwear was about to cover everything. And the dress was still Mm. up around her midriff. What do you think? Uh, You have a theory on this? Yeah. I, because See, she said I, he I walked was... in at the worst any time. Like, think of the worst possible moment someone could walk in. That's it. And I was like, okay, let me think about that as a woman. Well, I, I was trying to think. I'm like, 
are, are there articles of clothing that you have to take completely off to use the bathroom? And I was thinking, I'm like, maybe a bodysuit if it if it doesn't have like a, a butt flap like pajamas do. But oh, yeah. I'm trying to think, I'm like, is there an article of clothing that she could have been wearing where she has to take completely off? Because she says he saw everything. Yeah. I but mean, she, she may just be saying everything colloquially because he saw her nude from the waist down. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Well, here's my theory on that then. Not only was she wearing a dress, she was wearing kind of like this tank top thing over it. Perhaps it was a one-piece bathing suit looking tank top that she put a dress over so it would remain tucked in all night. You know what I mean? That purple thing looked like it was tucked in hmm. that she's wearing. So you might Maybe. be onto something with the you know, irremovable romper slash singlet. I'll call it a singlet. She was wearing a singlet yeah, and, uh, with a dress over it because then she could move around freely all night and not worry about just a regular tank top that would, that would you know, uh, untuck itself throughout the night. It looked like very tucked in and, and, and seamless. So, but, but I don't know if that's the case, if a woman would need to or want to remove the whole thing, like take it off as a top, you know, Take like you would take off a bathing suit, take the whole thing off, slip it all off and go. Um, or could you just pull it to the side? You know what I mean? Can you just pull that yeah. crotch part to the side? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, we're out of our depth here, ladies, as you can as you can tell. Let us know when Lane, when do you think Lane walked in on Cheryl? When's the worst possible moment in that scenario without at, that outfit that uh, that Lane could have walked in on her? Because I was I was trying to do the arithmetic on it. But he saw he saw so much of everything that Cheryl says that this is a deal breaker for her for ABC. I don't want to see this guy at every single little screening and press event from now until the end of time while you're doing business with them. I don't think I can. And Larry's like, well, you know what? You might not have to worry about it because I gave the doll a haircut and the kid got upset. Like, And when Cheryl <laughs> hears that part of the story, like, she just stares at him. And this was such a great line. He was like, divorce? He's like, what is it? <laughs> Is it a divorce? She's like, yeah, it's a divorce. <laughs> that was so that was, good. That was hilarious. I think I might steal that one. I, I really think I'm going to steal that one. Just any, anytime you and Sarah get into a real petty <laughs> argument, like divorce, huh? Huh? And there's a silence like, so divorce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over at Jeff's, Larry and Jeff show up to hunt for the Judy doll. And Larry finds it. And in the meantime, tears down the entire shelf that it was sitting on above Sammy, Jeff's daughter's closet. And Susie comes home and is furious at Jeff because he's not supposed to be there without calling first because they're still separated. And Larry, uh, not knowing what to do, rips the doll's head off and shoves it down his pants and then stashes <laughs> the body in a pile of dolls. There were too many dolls in this room. That there was absolutely so, so yeah. many. Oh, my God. I mean, just stacked. You can't do anything that's not doll-related in that room. There's just no room. It's insane. Um, and Larry and Jeff drive away, seemingly victorious. But back at the house, Sammy discovers the decapitated doll and screams. Meanwhile, back at the Michelson house, Larry shows up with the head, and Anne checks it out. Larry, meanwhile, uh, goes to the bathroom, and there's a new lock uh, being put on the door, which is great. And Anne comes downstairs and says, it looks like it works. And they talk about whether or not this, I thought this was a hilarious conversation, <laughs> whether or not she'll notice. Well, I, I hope she doesn't notice. Like, well, I think, what, what were they asking if she would notice that they, that it's a different head on the doll? I, I mean, she's definitely going uh, to notice that, but. 
if if she'll notice that the hair grew back, maybe. Yeah, but but Larry's like, well, if if she does notice, you should get her in some kind of gifted program, like because you'd you'd have to be very smart to notice what that that it's been fixed, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Anne says, oh, she is gifted. She goes to this whatever school she mentions, and I love that Larry then just subtly has to say has to say this, <laughs> like, oh well, it's uh, w- weird that she didn't know the hair would grow back because she's so bright (laughs) yeah my god she's in gifted programs but she doesn't know that hair on dolls won't grow back but uh and says like she has a very vivid imagination (laughs) but i love that larry just had to be right he's like how Mm -hmm. was i supposed to know that she didn't know it wouldn't grow back you know so he has to get that dig in like oh well she's she's gifted it's it's just weird that someone who's gifted wouldn't know that because she's so bright <laughs> I love, like oh man just so good um but back at larry's house jeff and larry pull up to Susie, demanding the doll head back i wonder if larry had hid the body a little better if we wouldn't be in this problem because he stashes it like right where Susie could have grabbed it where she probably would have grabbed it first thing she went in the room like oh what's this doll doing face down in my pile of dolls like oh it's a doll without the head i yeah. think if you would have hit it i i agree with jeff like i agree with jeff's confidence especially later about no one's got no one would notice she would not miss that doll she's not going to miss the doll she has so many dolls she doesn't know one from the other if larry had just hid that body she never would have thought of that judy doll ever again for the rest of her yeah. life it, if larry wouldn't have pulled the shelf down he could have just put it up on the top shelf and no one would have known yes. none yes. known none <laughs> known yeah exactly so back in the car larry has the idea to just get the short-haired doll head back so susie's like i don't care what you do fix this wherever you took that dumb head with the voodoo or whatever you're doing with it go get the head and larry's like give her the short-haired doll they're not gonna know no one's gonna know the difference and this is where i definitely have jeff's confidence like susie's not gonna know the kid's definitely not gonna know this is gonna work so i i love susie's line though like whenever she's telling them to go get the doll head back she just yells at him you four-eyed fucking you fat piece of shit (laughs) yeah that is the Susie, like I've been saying, this is the Susie that we are going to see from now until the end of time. Yeah, she will be just constantly finding new and creative curse words to yell at Jeff and Larry. And it's a fan favorite. It's a fan favorite, the what she comes up with uh, every single time. Uh, Larry, though, had a allergic reaction to the doll hair and has a very itchy crotch. And he's dreading calling his doctor, uh, having to tell him, well, I put a, a doll head down, down there. <laughs> uh, over at the Michelsons, Anne is curious about why Larry wants the doll head back, but agrees. Okay, I think I still have it. And Larry goes to the bathroom and locks the door, and he goes in to inspect his penis. He wants to get a look at that as soon as possible, uh, just to see what the deal is with the itching down there. But as he is doing that, the woman, his nemesis, uh, who's we don't get ever get her name, do we? No, we Through don't. The whole thing. Uh, yeah, so she walks in, of course, at the worst possible second, Larry looking at his penis in the mirror and the potential uh, horrible rash all over it. Uh, she walks in on that and gives Larry the short haired doll and the woman starts but, to tell uh, Anne yeah, about what she saw. She's like super offended and she walked in on Larry in the bathroom. She's like, yeah. oh, how how dare you have your penis out in a bathroom by yourself? Exactly. I, I totally like, what agree. What the fuck do you expect? Yeah. 
don't worry about what I'm doing with it in there. If I want to look at it in the mirror, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's your fault for walking in. And I love the guy, like, Larry uh, addresses the locksmith. He's like, that, it doesn't work. He's like, oh, I know. I had to run out and get some parts. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't know why a lock is taking this long. Locks are pretty simple. Like, unless you're, like, putting on a like an old busted lock and you're repairing it while it's on the door why not just buy a new lock they're like 30 bucks at home depot honestly that's if what that, it looked like if that the guy was doing it looked like he was putting a new handle on there um but yeah i you know how easy it is i did it four times with multitude of different locks and deadbolts in my house and if i can do something with home improvement regarding that it, it that's easy then you definitely don't need a professional yeah. in your house taking hours to do yeah. it. I ordered them from Amazon, and I changed, yeah, three doors uh, of all of all different different types of locks. Way to go! Look Thank at you, you. Hand, yeah. handyman Tim. Yeah, I did it. Uh, new new kick plate even to match the, Tim, the handle Tim. and the do- the deadbolt. Yeah, Tim the Toolman Murphy. Exactly. Over at Jeff's, Susie suspect something's off like is this really the the head this was maybe my favorite scene because larry and jeff (laughs) and they're lying in unison they say they're saying the same thing at the same time and larry looks like so sheepish it almost looks like he's hiding behind jeff he's like is this the doll and they're both like yeah that's the doll like they're in unison it's so funny (laughs) no nothing's wrong (laughs) um but Susie's like you know she accepts the doll head this is fixed uh, back over at ABC, we're there for part two of Harriet Beecher Stowe, and the Michelsons show up with the Judy doll, with RJ and DJ, and Cheryl, meanwhile, can't look at Lane. Did Lane give her some skeevy eyes, by the way, when they say hi from across the room? Kind of. I think he kind did. Of. I, I think that was just to to hammer home the like Cheryl's uncomfortableness about the whole thing. Like, I don't know if he's like, I'm not calling him uh, Harvey Weinstein or anything like that, but... I'm saying like he looked like a normal guy who would look at a woman he saw naked just a few days ago, just for a little bit longer. You know what I mean? I think that's I don't yeah. think it's like I don't I'm not I'm not saying he's going to like assault her. I'm saying that like he was just looking and like painting a picture in his mind again, <laughs> like any normal dude. would do. I don't think he's doing anything out of the ordinary, even though he is a Hollywood executive. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was skeevy. I think it was just an extra long look. Uh, but Susie clocks the Judy doll and the extra long hair on it, and her miming, cursing Jeff and Larry out. Jesus Christ, was this hilarious. was so good. That was, that was so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Larry can't. Larry has to go to the bathroom. He can't use the men's room because I, what does he say? It's an olfactory nightmare in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he gets Cheryl to guard the ladies' room, and as revenge for. <laughs> A, a dereliction in duty as far as guarding her bathroom door goes <laughs> Cheryl dips as revenge on guarding Larry which my god the look on her face whenever she like you see her come up with the idea and then and th- from that point on until she leaves is gold yeah yeah pretty good pretty funny like eh, all right I'm out <laughs> and Larry in the bathroom he's all finished up and, and almost scot free but he's like oh yeah I have this water bottle I want to sneak it into the theater now around that dumb lady so <sighs> he hides it down his pants and that's right as real Judy comes in and is very happy to see Larry and showing off her doll and her beautiful new hair goes in to hug Larry 
And of course, he just put a water bottle down his pants and she runs out of the bathroom and yells, Mommy, the bald man's in the bathroom and he has something hard in his pants. Oh, <laughs> my God. Hear... And you just hear like the angry mob forming yeah. like, let's get him. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of angry crowd noise outside. And Larry begins. He begins like scampering out the window, but. <laughs> Surely this is a skyscraper level. Like, wouldn't this be? <laughs> like, this... this definitely isn't a first floor bathroom. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. It's not street level in the ABC building. I don't know where their screening room is, but yeah, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. and uh, But Frolic starts playing, and, and that's the end of the episode. Oh, my God. All right. Well, what do we got for homework this week? We have got who is this male executive? What else has he been in that I might have recognized him in? And Harriet Beecher Stowe. Who is that? And that's it. Okay. What do you like for cover art this week? I mean, it'd, it'd be tough to beat the doll. Some picture of somebody with the doll. <laughs> what See, do you think? I, uh, I was thinking Larry and Jeff, like, in Sammy's room, just around all of the dolls. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that works. And then let's take a maybe, look maybe at... Maybe one of them, like, Ooh. holding the doll in the room. Like, when they find it. Maybe. Might be a good yeah. 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 I'll see. I'll see what I can, what I can do. So let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had the daughter of a TV exec gets Larry to cut the hair off her beloved doll hyphen and then throws a fit. <laughs> now it sounds like you have a problem with the second part. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a problem with any of it. I, I mean, I could probably be convinced of whatever. Yeah, that really is the everything kind of turns on that one little point of cutting the doll's hair. I mean, granted, I don't have kids, so I don't know. I- I'm assuming this is how kids act, right? Like yeah. they want they want something one minute, and then the next minute, everything's wrong and the world's ending. I could see this happening. Yeah, totally. This is this is not out of the realm of kid behavior to act like this, uh, even if she knew it wouldn't grow back. Like to get upset for something that you told them to do or whatever. But so I, I don't hate it. I I think it's okay. I think it's, yeah, yeah, I I, actually, I have no qualms with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It stays as it is. I like it. I like wow. it. Okay. So next week, we have got season two, episode eight, Shaq. Original air date, November 11th, 2001. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry's villainized for accidentally tripping Shaquille O'Neal at a Lakers game. Huh. It may give away too much, but maybe not. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously, we might have a big guest star next week. That's exciting. I mean, if the if the episode's going to be named Shaq and there isn't Shaq <laughs> in the episode, then I would definitely be upset. Um, but yeah. but uh, it's like they you... hire some guy who looks like Shaq from the back of the head, and we never actually <laughs> yeah an yeah. impersonator to do the voice. Like like they kind of well they didn't do, they did with who D- Diane Keaton right? But they did get her voice. Yeah yeah they did, <laughs> but they just didn't put her in the show. So maybe that I know that's not what they're going to do with Shaq. I know for a fact because I remember this episode. <laughs> But uh, okay. yeah, it would be funny if they did. It's like just the just Shaq's ankle and, and Shaq's <laughs> voice. Uh, what uh, what did you think of the doll? I liked this episode. I thought this was. It wasn't like it didn't knock me over with hilarity, but it. I think I'm going to star it, and I liked that it was. There aren't twelve different plots that never come together. There's like I said, one central thing that that kind of steers the whole ship, and it all comes around at the end in a way that like. I don't really need to know what happens. Like they did the scene well enough that uh, previous scenes would have had the girl hug Larry, kind of notice something, 
and then walk out, and then the episode ends. That's that's what would have happened before. But the fact that she yeah. like told on him, and like the episode ended in a way that was satisfying. Like yes, it, like, so many it, times, it didn't just yeah. kind of end. Yeah, we're like, wait, that's when Frolic starts. That that doesn't make any sense. Like, no, there was at least a little bit of consequence for Larry that we got to see play out just a tiny bit. Like he's stuck in the women's room, and this uh, and this little girl just yelled something horrible. Um, and 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 everything like just came around in a full circle, and I liked that about it. So I would give this a star. And at this point, it's my only star without any asterisks, without its own star <laughs> next to it. So it's got a pretty it's good not star. A, <laughs> it's not a star low or, or a yeah. star mid. Yeah. Yeah. Star <laughs> higher than low, star lower than low. No, it's the first actual star of this episode. And part of me does worry that I'm giving it just because I haven't given a full star this whole season and we only have... <laughs> Uh, three more episodes left, but um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. What about you? Uh, I also really enjoyed it. I, I gave it a star as well. Uh, it's right. only my second episode of the season that I've given any star to because I don't, I don't typically do star lows. Right, I mean, right. I, I will occasionally if uh, if I if we're on like episode five and I've given four yeah stars out already, but like I. I I gave a star to this episode and and like I said, one other throughout the season. So I I liked it. I I did like how there was consequences. I did like how there was uh, re- not relatable but like realistic plot lines. Yeah, guarding the bathroom door for people. That's something like we didn't even you know. That's an important thing that people do for for each other. That is a uh, when you breach that contract. I mean, that's that is an earthquake. And bathroom doors that don't lock. You know, I mean, that's horrible, too. I hate being in that situation. I enjoyed it. I, I had a fun time watching it. But we'll be it'll be interesting to see, like, if I get just three starred episodes <laughs> and then I just have to choose between those three at the end of the season. Which one, That's kind of how season one was for both of us. And we both landed on the exact same uh, <laughs> order, I think. So, yeah, we've got three uh, episodes left. They could be three amazing ones. Could end on that's a high true. Note. That is very true. Oh, uh, so is that it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I was waiting for you to say that because I already, I I realized I already did the description for the next week. Right. Uh, Okay, so for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.